Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I am your host, Jared, alongside Alyssa Antonelli, who has been my trusty co-host now for several months, and we talk all things Disney here, believe it or not, on the Disney-oriented podcast. Um, And today, we have a special episode where we go through every single Walt Disney World Resort, talk about what we love about each one, why you should stay at each one, and we're going to try not to talk too much because Alyssa and I sometimes, sometimes have a tendency of getting sidetracked, so we're going to try not to. We'll see. Uh, regardless, uh, this episode and every episode is brought to you today by Mickey Travels. We'll talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the episode. But Alyssa, how are you doing today? I'm good. Having a good day. Sun shining, a little cooler here in Florida. So I love it. Mm. Not not cold, but it's comfortable. It's actually beautifully, beautifully pleasant outside. Yeah, I agree. This time of year is probably my favorite from a weather perspective. Uh, gets to gives me a little piece of home. And I know you grew up in New Jersey, so it's it's similar for you. But you know, it reminds me of a September day in New England. So I love that fifties, sixties. It's beautiful. Hasn't, hasn't quite gotten down to the fifties, I guess. Not quite, but it's gotten early sixties a few times. And there's a breeze. Beautiful time to go to the theme parks, especially. Beautiful Just, time to come visit. Come on down. Yeah, come on down, uh, you know, and uh, if you you don't have to see Jared, I promise. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll bump into you, but you don't, we don't have to plan anything. But still, come down to Walt Disney World because this is a fantastic time of year to visit. Um, and we'll talk plenty about that in today's episode. Uh, so again, as you've seen from the title of the episode and what I mentioned earlier, this is essentially a guide to the Walt Disney World Resorts. Um, and we're talking every single one of them. So lots of people, of course, have, you know, inclinations to book specific stays at certain resorts for different reasons. Um, some people even prefer to stay off property. We're going to tell you why you should stay on property, first of all, um, all the benefits that go into that. Um, we have, for the record, done an episode on why you should stay at a Walt Disney World Resort and gotten into detail about all the reasons, all the benefits to staying at a Walt Disney World Resort. So if you're looking for more of that kind of conversation, of of course, go check out that episode. But today we're sort of going to go through each resort uh, from starting from value, going up to moderate, going up to deluxe resorts, and we'll even talk about the villas and essentially go through why each resort is special and unique in its own way. And again, we're going to try our best not to get too far off topic because I'm going to try really hard not to talk about Christmas this episode. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it creeps now, this in. This is about resorts. We're getting, we're getting close. Hang on. We're getting <laughs> really close. We're, we're almost there, but we're not there yet. Yeah, I know. This isn't about Christmas, okay? But Christmas at the resorts, really great. So, Well, I was regardless. just going to say, okay, I'm going to make one comment and then we're going <laughs> to totally get off of it because you started this. This is all Jared's fault. If people are like, what is wrong with them? The... Disney resorts decorated at Christmas. Incredible. I just have to say, you got to see it. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. Like we're done. <laughs> That's the, yeah. Honestly, I think we should do a whole episode on the Disney resorts during the holidays. Uh, but regardless, be, that's going to be go way over an hour and I'm fine. Yeah, with that. I know it's going to be four hours of Christmas trees. All right. No more Christmas. 
Let's talk about resorts. Okay, so we're going to start with the value resorts. Uh, In the past, Alyssa and I have done a few resort-oriented podcasts. We did one where we spoke about our favorite of the Walt Disney World resorts. We've done another episode where we talked about the benefits of staying at Walt Disney World resorts. But today, we're just going to kind of like mad dash go through all of them. Talk about why you should stay there, why families prefer it there. And the best part about all of this is we have obviously a travel and booking planning expert with Alyssa here um, next to me who has been running a diamond level travel agency now um, for how many years is it now? You got to you gotta remind the listeners every once in a while. January. 13 years. Lucky see? 13. Lucky 13. Yeah. Uh, first time I've heard that, but sure. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, but the thing is, is that having someone here to talk, not just about, okay, yeah, I love this resort because it's pretty and I like to walk around, but Alyssa has firsthand information from families and guests who have stayed there. So they'll tell Alyssa, oh, I love this resort because of this and this and this after the fact. And uh, you have booked quite a few Disney vacations over the years, so I'm sure you've gotten many testimonies. So let's jump right into it. We're going to start at the value section with the all-star resorts. We're going to sort of sum them all three up into this into one section to start. You, of course, have all-star movies, all-star music, all-star sports. Now, these are, as I mentioned, in the value resort tier. They are priced in this price point, um, you know, for people who are looking to spend a little bit less money on your rooms. Um, maybe you're looking, maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in my room. I'm going to be out in the parks. Um, and they are priced at that price point. Having said that, they are also priced at that price point because, you know, you're not exactly getting the same pool and amenities as you would at Disney's Polynesian, but we'll talk about the Polynesian later. But regardless, I have stayed at all three of these resorts, um, and uh, the reason I'm actually excited for this episode is because I've stayed at all of the Walt Disney World resorts, so I'm a good person to talk to about this too. Um, regardless, uh Anything you want to point out and talk a little bit about when it comes to testimonies with families, people you've spoken to, and, you know, just how often these resorts are booked? Because I know they're they're constantly booked up by families. Yeah, well, what's interesting about the All-Stars, and I appreciate, Jared, you lumping them together. Not They are individual. They're mm-hmm. themed different. But I, I think a lot of people do sort of uh, lump them, um, fair or not, but it's what people do. Um, so a couple things I just want to say, and again, I know, like you said, we're not going to spend an hour on you know every resort that would, you know, we'd be spending 25 hours on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I will say is these resorts are very known for, um, groups staying mm-hmm. there, cheer groups, um, groups from other countries that come together, um, sports groups, you know, um, yeah. basketball and like whatever uh what's the football one um that little oh, uh pop warner and things pop like warner, that thank you yeah i was gonna say peewee but whatever yeah. um so that is first and foremost and i want our our listeners and viewers to be aware of that so you want to be mm. care not careful but if you're kind of trying to avoid those big groups together those the all-stars are, are where a lot of them do stay yeah. um but i will also say on the positive side of these resorts um, what I think is so neat is it's very um, kid friendly because mm-hmm. all of the icons are bigger than life. Oh, yeah. Enormous. So you've got the big sports icons, the big movie icons, and the big movie uh, – did I say movie? Um, music. Music, thank you. And the big music icons. So 
I think the little kids really get a kick out of seeing, you know, um, a big Dalmatian, mm-hmm. um, you know, a big, um, you know, soccer ball um, or um, a big piano. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said for just the sheer um, scale of the icons throughout the resort. I agree. And I think, you know, there's there's several pools at each of these mm-hmm. separate resorts, which is great. Um, and they are all connected. So it's not like we're lumping them together for any reason. You can actually walk within the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, you know, standpoint of how close they are, that also sort of plays a big role. And that's really nice. Um, regardless, I would just say that, you know, I love that these resorts exist because it allows a lot of families who might not have the budget for the contemporary um, or friends or just people of all backgrounds, anybody of all ages. You know, my wife and I, um, when we were just dating for a few years, we wanted to do a little anniversary trip to Walt Disney World. And we did, you know, uh, we wanted to spend the money on things like a horse-drawn carriage at Port Orleans and things like that. So we sort of said, okay, let's do a uh, all-star resort so we can spend more money on other things. And and that's – I love that that's an option for people because you're getting everything that is offered with staying at a Walt Disney World Resort, things like pools, the free transportation, you know, all these extra amenities, but you're also, you know, doing it at a more convenient rate, which I think is fantastic that they have that offering. And I will just say this real quick too, if you're a sports fan like me, you can walk through the All-Star Sports Lobby and see a lot of memorabilia and a lot of little shout outs, different things. Um, Same thing with music and movies. If you walk through the lobby, there's literally walls of things that celebrate all sorts of things from different eras. Of course, there's quick service food, uh, food courts at each of these three locations, arcades at each three of these locations. So as Alyssa said, they are very kid-friendly and kid-oriented. You know, so I, I love that they exist and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm just – if you're if you're looking for something more of that, you know, um, looking for anything that we were just talking about, then that is a great fit for you. Um, so moving on to a few other value resorts that personally I think um, – I, w- I think Alyssa might agree with this, uh, are are really getting close to the moderate section in regards to what they offer. And um, and I actually think almost from a price standpoint, sometimes they are priced at a, at a moderate level only because of one reason and one reason only, and that's the Disney Skyliner. So we are now talking about Disney's Art of Animation and Disney's Pop Century. I will also lump these two together. The only reason I'm doing that is because they are quite literally located right next to each other. Again, um, they have the they share the exact same Skyliner station, um, which is awesome. The Disney Skyliner does take you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, amongst several other stops and resorts. So um, I love both of these resorts. I'll be honest with you, Alyssa, and I know the agency. Uh, Mickey Travels, I know you guys book a lot of stays at Pop Century and Art of Animation. Um, and everybody I speak to specifically about Art of Animation really love it there. The family suites are really talked up highly. Um, people love the car section, kids especially. Um, the Finding Nemo pool is very cool. So uh, what, what did you want to mention about these two resorts? Because I, I have a lot of love for both of them. Um, so I would definitely agree. Um 
there's a higher level of convenience at both of these due to being um, having a Skyliner um, location, which is right on Hourglass Lake. Um, so right there, you know, when it comes to convenience, that is what people will spend. You are going to spend a little bit more for Pop Century, um, let's say, than you will for any of the All-Stars. You're going to definitely spend more at Art of Animation for any of the family suites because now you're talking about being able to accommodate up to six guests. You have a master bedroom, a master bathroom, a living area with sleeping um, capacity. You have a, a, a well, it's not a full kitchen. I call it a kitchenette. Uh, they actually, the, this is interesting. The kitchen table comes, goes up and comes down and it's a bed um, on the other side of the table, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then there's another bathroom. So there is, a, and you can accommodate up to six people and you've got Finding Nemo and Cars and Lion King. So you have your different themes. Um, I will say that Art of Animation is a big, big seller for Mickey Travels clients, um, especially when you're talking about a family with four children. If you're thinking about a, two, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, two kids, and you all want to stay together, but have that space, it's perfect. Um, and then again, it goes without saying having the opportunity, unlike the All-Stars where you only can bus, is mm -hmm. great being able to get onto that Skyliner and be able to whisk your way over to um, obviously Caribbean Beach, which then will you know funnel you out to either Hollywood Studios or Epcot, which is great. So yeah, and it also allows guests, I would say, to sort of give you almost another experience or day filled with activities in itself with the Skyliner. You can spend an entire day going on the Skyliner and exploring different resorts. And one of the things that I always love to do, um, you know, is just go there and check out different dining locations because Caribbean Beach offers several dining locations. So does the Riviera. So does, you know, the boardwalk, obviously, with the Yacht and Beach Club over there. And the Yacht and Beach Club connects right there to Epcot. So it's, it's a gorgeous area in general. Um, and frankly, I almost think this is such a big perk that, again, this is why a lot of people consider it almost these two like a moderate, just because there's actually a few moderate and few resorts in general that don't have access to the Skyliner. So it is a huge perk in that in that sense. Um, but regardless, you know, um, love, love, love the family suites like Alyssa was talking about, super convenient for families to be able to all stay together. Um, Pop Century celebrates, of course, the different centuries over the years. These are great fits for you. If you're looking to, you know, obviously sort of, you know, stay in a more value-oriented um, resort from a price perspective, but also get uh, that extra amenity of the Skyliner. And, you know, it is going to be a little bit more expensive, as Alyssa said, but, you know, I think that it it's worth it to be honest. Um, so jumping into the next section of resorts here, of course, we should probably talk uh, at least briefly about the campsites at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. And the campsites also go along with the cabins. The cabins are available and more in the moderate resorts list. Um, but regardless, we're moving on to the moderate resort list next anyways. So 
jumping right into that, we will start with the cabins and the campsites over at Fort Wilderness Resort. How would you best describe, uh, really, I guess, first of all, obviously, the difference between these two, because there is quite a difference, and also um, this resort in general, uh, Alyssa? Well, so the thing about Fort Wilderness is it's old school Disney. Yeah. It's been around since the early 70s. Now, the cabins haven't been, but the campsites have. So when you think about river country, we talked about Mm. river country a couple episodes ago. Um, Anybody who has nostalgic love for Disney, you, you just, you find that in the Fort Wilderness uh, campgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will say that we do sell a lot of cabins. Um, They are, if you've ever been in one, um, they are rustic. Um, it, it definitely does not feel like a Disney resort. It's not a hotel. It's a standalone cabin, um, where you take steps, like a few steps to get up and it's got a kitchen area. It's got a sleeping area with bunk beds. It's got a uh, living room area. Um, very nice amenities, but I will say, I guess you might want to call it glamping <laughs> over camping. Yeah. Um, it really is for the camper, though. If somebody's looking for, you know, a Grand Floridian experience, that's not the cabins. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but you have to know what you're looking for. Um, there's also a little grill outside on the little, I guess you call it deck. Um, so you can bring hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, the campsites has... Um, you know, I believe Chippendale, where you can do s'mores and camp sing-alongs and campfire sing-alongs. So, you know, there's horse-drawn carriages. So it it does have that sort of yesteryear feel. Um, the campsites, so I just say real quick about the campsites. These are for either people who bring their RVs or pop-up. We have There's options for pop-up tent campsites where you bring your own tent. So the funny thing about this is, This is very popular for people who have RVs. They drive their RVs from wherever they live and they have a a specific site area. They hook it all up and that's where they live for five, six, seven, ten days. Um, I will say the most unique thing about the campsites. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going here, Jared. You know where I'm going. It's the holidays at the campsites. I know. I Like I'm trying, but I, I just had to because I will say... The deck, the way, and these are individual decorations. This isn't Disney decorating. Mm-hmm. These are guests who are decorating their camper. They're decorating their campsite. They do not play. Have you seen that, Jared, where you can actually take a golf cart and a lot of, that's how you get around the campsites. And you can just take, it's literally worth going over there and getting on a golf cart and just exploring the different areas of all the RVs and campsites. Yeah, I would agree with that. On top of that, (laughs) they do sort of little like almost parades and situations like that, which is very cool. Um, Fourth of July, they do it every year, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, the the campgrounds are almost a bit of like a community. I mean, anybody who's gone camping and stayed at a campground knows you meet different like campers and maybe you see them every year while you're there. You line up your trips for the same time period. 
that actually happens at the at the Fort Wilderness campgrounds. And and I mean, if you have an RV and you want to save a little bit of money on your hotel, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just go down there, use your RV, and then go to the parks? Um, another thing I wanted to mention about Fort Wilderness is it is obviously conveniently pretty located to Wilderness Lodge, which is a gorgeous resort um, and has a lot of incredible offerings from things like restaurants and, you know, uh, even quick services, you know, lounges. Um, and on top of that, Fort Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge both offer boat service to the Magic Kingdom, which is a unique, you know, transportation. We're going to bring up this transportation point a lot in this podcast, but there's a reason for that. The reason that at least I think about it is it is like an extra special amenity, Obviously, the buses exist, and that's great, all right? I love that there's still free transportation from every single Walt Disney World resort to every theme park, water park, Disney Springs. It's fantastic. But there's something really cool about jumping on, like, uh, one of the, you know, the little friendship boats and heading first thing in the morning or late at night. I mean, you almost feel like you're still in, like, a park or something because you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so cool. I'm on a little boat or I'm on a gondola, or I'm on a monorail. Like, Disney really does transportation better than anybody else in that aspect. So I just wanted to briefly mention that because you do have access to those boats, and that's a really cool amenity. Would you take buses to the other three parks? Yes, you would. But at the same time, you could take a boat over to the Magic Kingdom and transfer over to the monorail to get over to Epcot if you wanted to. So there are ways around all of this and, and ways you could do it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad we talked about both the campgrounds and the cabins. I think they're a fantastic offering. And I think lots of families and, and people in general have been using them. I know my stepdad always told me that he went camping in a tent as a kid uh, growing up and still went to the Disney park. So, you know, it, whatever you got to do. Uh, and and I love that. I love that there's there's something for everybody. Um, so moving on to the next few resorts in the moderate resort section, we're going to talk about the Port Orleans resorts next because technically there are two of them. Again, we're going to lump these two together because they are very closely located. That's Port Orleans French Quarter and Port Orleans Riverside. These two resorts are both priced in the moderate section and they are very similar but different. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that right now. Um, but I'll go to you first, Alyssa. What do you love most about these two resorts and uh, how do you best describe them for someone who's maybe considering um, a resort in that moderate section? I would say my favorite thing about these two, two resorts are the theming of them. Yeah. Um, I feel like the French Quarter, obviously, if you know, Mickey Travels has a lot of guests that come from Louisiana. Just going to be mm -hmm. real. And you would probably tend to think they'd want to get away from what they see all the time but it feels like home to them so you have that mardi gras feel um the you mm -hmm. know just the real fun party atmosphere but not i don't mean party in like a crazy way just that like real fun light sort of atmosphere great great theming um and then the riverside you know is a little bit more of that like sort of laid back old riverboat type of feel where it just has a very relaxing uh, feel. I just think the, you know, just the detail to the theming is probably what draws me to the two resorts the most. Um, mm. So I think that that's something um, that I like about, you know, both of those. Um, I will also say, um, you know, just 
having the closeness of the two of them, um, I think is also really nice because you can go back and forth. Um, so if you want to explore one or the other, um, maybe you say, oh, we're at the Riverside this time, but maybe next time we want to stay at the French Quarter, you know, it's a quick hop, skip and a jump to go over to the other one. Yeah. And also another thing I wanted to briefly mention again, not to bring up transportation again, but both of these do have access to boats that can take you to Disney Springs. So this is a more Disney Springs uh, located resort. So no, you don't have access to the four theme parks via transportation outside of the Disney bus uh, transportation. But I will say that that is a huge perk because I've actually spoken to lots of people uh, who stayed at these resorts. I've stayed at these resorts and I loved uh, being able to like, okay, maybe we had an earlier day in the park or maybe it's a pool day and we can jump on a boat and head over to Disney Springs. It's it's very convenient in that way. Um, and on top of that, if you like beignets, this is where you got to go. Uh, that's one of the unique offerings at these resorts, of course, is being able to get some some Mickey-shaped beignets. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's also very cool lounges, some great, um, you know, offerings like horse-drawn carriages. Well, Jared, we also have to mention uh, Yeehaw Bob. It's true. We got to mention Yeehaw I mean, I, Bob. I, I know it's if we can touch on that for just a few seconds. Um, <laughs> for all of our listeners and viewers, um Jared is, uh, you know, a fan of Yeehaw Bob's, a uh, friend. I would actually call you guys probably friends at this point. Yeah. It's You've gotten to know him, you know, um, pretty well. Yeah. We, uh, we had Yeehaw Bob on the Mickey blog podcast and it's funny because whenever people reach out to me or see me or anything, that's probably the podcast that people mention the most is the Yeehaw Bob podcast because let me tell you guys, it. I can't even describe it to you, okay? You're going to just have to go you back gotta go and back watch it. you got to go back and watch it. Everyone's got to go back and watch it. It's hard to describe, but Yeehaw Bob is a pianist and a very popular performer who's been performing at Walt Disney World for over 20 years now. And he uh, really took the stage on the podcast. He he performed on the podcast. Um, so it was, it was no joke. He took Jared uh, by surprise. He certainly did. Um, but... He was he was a joy to to have on. So yes. if you want to go watch or listen to that episode, go check. And it I out. believe, but, if I'm not mistaken, unless things have changed, he's there every Thursday evening. Correct, I believe so. Um, and those lounges over there are really nice. Uh, a few years ago, I again I celebrated um, my wife and I's uh, third third anniversary when we were dating, and we did a horse-drawn carriage out of Port Orleans. And it was really nice to not just see Port Orleans from that perspective of the carriage, but walking around both resorts because they're really, really nice. Mm -hmm. um, so really love both of them. A um, few more moderates before we take our break and then head over to the second half of the episode where we'll talk strictly about the deluxe resorts as well as the villas. Um, we're going to talk about a few more moderates, including Disney's Caribbean Beach up next, which um, is a classic and not only that is um frankly uh gorgeous because not only is it huge but also has the offering of the disney skyliner there is a station here um so again disney skyliner resort gives you that convenient um quicker transportation to two different theme parks as well as all the other nearby resorts which is fantastic and I also really love its, you know, sort of positioning, Alyssa. I'm not sure if you'll agree with this, where 
it's it's so close to Disney's Riviera Resort. So that sort of lap, that little loop there where you can walk around Riviera all the way around Caribbean Beach has become a pretty popular little hangout spot. People go over there for date nights, things like that. Um, you can quickly walk over and go eat at Topolino's Terrace at Riviera if you want to eat a rooftop meal or you know, so I really love Caribbean Beach. There's a ton of different pools, a lot of different offerings, and it's been around for quite a while now. Um, my mom used to tell me stories of her going and staying there when she was, you know, in her early 20s. So it's cool to to see how it's still, you know, doing so well. Um, so Caribbean Beach, it's really interesting. Prior to the Skyliner being built, um, it was a resort. I'm going to be, we keep it real, right? I hardly ever told my clients to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. It's a huge resort, which can be um, a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to tell guests that it is a very large resort. Um, it's beautiful. I love all the different areas that are themed after different uh, Caribbean islands. Um, but now that the Skyliner is there, it I find so many Mickey Travels clients are dying to stay there and we're happy to have them stay there because of that convenience of the Skyliner. And the other thing that's really important to mention is not only, as you mentioned, Jared, there's a Skyliner station, but it is the hub of all the Skyliner um, stations because from Caribbean beach is where you can go to Hollywood studios to Epcot or over to pop century art of animation. So every Skyliner eventually comes back to Caribbean Beach as the central hub. So when you're staying at Caribbean Beach, you are literally starting where you can go. I can go here. I can go there. I can go there on the Skyliner, which is great. Um, I've also been told by many people there, and I know this, there's a Joffrey's sort of at the bottom of the Caribbean Beach yep. uh, Skyliner station. Uh, people are very smitten with that Joffrey's. Is that right, Jared? It's correct, yeah. And not only that, um, people really love that Joffrey's location. Not only that, but lots of people have a really big love for um, La Petite uh, Cafe, which is located like right in the lobby of the Riviera Resort. So a lot of Caribbean beach guests actually walk over and get coffee from that coffee shop too, because people rave about the coffees, the, the you know, sort of different, um, you know, frozen drinks and, and, um, cold brews and things like that. And they do a lot of really adorable stuff over there in that cafe, but I know exactly what you're talking about with the Joffrey's. It's right there located at the bottom of like the ramp at that Skyliner location and people love it over there. And plus that line substantially less at that Joffrey's and most of the other locations. So, uh, that's a cool thing. Honestly, Caribbean beach, from a Hollywood Studios perspective, it really doesn't get much easier. You can walk right over there to the Skyliner, get a Joffrey's coffee in five minutes, and then jump on the Skyliner and be at Hollywood Studios in another five minutes, and then boom, you're there. Uh, you know, and it's really great during the holidays over there at Hollywood Studios. Uh, we're gonna move on. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep them in line, everyone. Yeah, she'll try. Uh, so we're going to talk about Disney's Coronado Springs Resort next, and then we're going to move on to the second half of the episode. So Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, I will say this. I stayed there for the first time earlier this year, actually covering an event for the company. Um, and while I was over there, I was 
really amazed by this resort. Um, I don't know if I just, why I never really got over there for more than like a quick walk or something, but I really loved it over there. I understand that the real downside to this resort is unlike the other moderates that we were just talking about, Alyssa, it doesn't have a Skyliner. It doesn't have a boat. It doesn't have any of that extra transportation. So it is strictly a bus only transportation resort, but I almost feel like it's still worth it because the offerings there from the Dahlia Lounge to Three Bridges, which people really love. I mean, the the dining there, there's a lot of places to eat and drink. And um, there's a rooftop bar over there, which people really love. And obviously, it's, it is a conference sort of resort. So lots of business conferences are held there. So be aware of that. Sort of like Alyssa was warning you about large groups earlier at the All-Star Resorts. You should be aware, um, similar to the Contemporary, that the Coronado houses a lot of big conferences so be aware of that, but from a like offering of how many pools, hot tubs, you know, places to eat and drink, it's a great, great resort. I really love it over there. So what I have to say about Coronado, it's very large. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree. It is a, it is a um, conference center resort. So there are a lot of um, corporate gatherings there. But I will say the conference area is set apart. So it it does kind of keep its distance. It's all the way off to the left-hand side if you're looking at the lobby. Um, But the one thing that I think is really unique about Coronado Springs, I think people need to remember is it's sort of like two resorts in one because you have Grand Destino Tower, which in my opinion is pretty much a deluxe resort. It has all the amenities of a deluxe resort. It is absolutely gorgeous. If you took Grand Destino and picked it up and put it somewhere else it is as beautiful as any of the deluxe resorts but it's still in the moderate category because it's part of coronado springs um but just keep in mind you know there's toledo which is a really fun restaurant at grandestino um i would just say it's interesting because while the older part of coronado springs is as it always has been and it's super fun um, I think Grand Destino just has a distinguishing deluxe feel about it while mm-hmm. not having the same deluxe price tag. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Grand Destino is really what elevates Coronado Springs. I remember when I first arrived there and I was walking around Grand Destino, I was like, this is incredible. Like, I was astounded at how gorgeous it is. Um, but a lot of the rest of the grounds of Coronado, it's laid out pretty similar to Caribbean Beach. It's pretty separated. Um, you know, the rooms are a little bit more outdated comparatively to Grand Destino. So just be aware of that. It's it's obviously going to be a sort of a different level resort if you're staying in Grand Destino Tower comparatively to the other rooms. But that doesn't mean that it's not a great resort because even if you are staying at these other rooms, you can still enjoy all the amazing amenities of Grand Destino, including dining, the rooftop, you know, bar and lounge, and, you know, all these other things that you can see. So it's a gorgeous spot. The other thing I think, just real quick, because Jared, I think we're getting close to the halfway mark. Before you Mm -hmm. do that and go into deluxe resorts, I do want to just, I'd be remiss if I didn't say as a travel agent, that the big distinguishing factor that both value and moderate resorts share is not only that, you know, obviously most of them rely on busing, other than what we discussed with 
possible boat and Skyliner transportation. But for the most part, busing is a big transportation method. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is other than Grand Destino, every other resort that we spoke about has exterior entrances to all of their rooms. So these, this is not, you know, you are going in from the outside into your room. I think that's very, very noteworthy. Um, I also want to mention that at the value level, all of the dining is food court and quick service related. Moderates have obviously food um, quick service, but also start getting into some table service options. Absolutely. So with that said, and with that in mind, we are going to move on to our deluxe resorts next. But before we do, I do want to mention, as I always do, that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bod podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a diamond earmarked Disney travel agency, of course. They are our favorites and our, uh, you know, sort of primary sponsor, as I always like to mention. Their services are always 100% free, and you can actually reach out to Mickey Travels today to get help planning your next Disney vacation over at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time, which of course is especially relevant as we continue to discuss this exact episode because we are we're talking about resorts right we're talking about booking resorts we're talking about which resort is the best one for you so uh, what Alyssa and I are doing in this episode is we're sort of giving you some basic level info on what makes each resort unique and the differences with each resort but what a Mickey Travels agent can do for you is they can discuss with you in specifically what's going to be right for your, you and your family. Everything from budget to transportation to, you know, um, proximity to a park, everything like that. Uh, a Mickey Travels agent can handle all that for you, and it comes at zero additional cost. So definitely go reach out to Mickey Travels if you need help planning your next Disney World, Disneyland, or any Disney destination vacation. So continuing on here, Alyssa, we do have some more resorts to talk about, and we're here at the big section now. We're talking deluxe resorts. There are so many to talk about, and frankly, not enough time, so we're probably not going to do each one enough justice, but we are going to spend some time talking about them um, and what we love about them. So we'll start off with Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Of course, we already mentioned Disney's Wilderness Lodge a little bit when we were talking about the campgrounds, but... The Wilderness Lodge, in my opinion, is one of the most gorgeous resorts at Walt Disney World. Um, again, hate to, hate to mention Christmas here, but it does have an incredible lobby, an incredible Christmas tree during that time of year. But beyond that, if you're looking to for that sort of, you know, camping or glamping, as Alyssa said earlier, sort mm -hmm. of like beautiful, you know, views of the wilderness. Um, there's an amazing uh, bar and restaurant there called Geyser Point. Um, there's several amazing uh, dining options there as well, right in the lobby. Really, really love Wilderness Lodge. And there is boat transportation to the Magic Kingdom. So really not a lot of bad things to say about this resort. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add? It, it's just beautiful. Um, I, I really don't have much to add. It's uh, you walk in, your jaw drops if you've never been in there. Um, really fun restaurant off the lobby called Whispering Canyon Cafe where they kind of joke with the, the guests, super fun. Um, and can't not mention um, um, the storybook dining with Snow White and um, the dwarfs. And, um, you know, it's great food. Um, Artist Point is a wonderful restaurant. It's sort of 
kind of off the lobby, a little bit farther back and mm -hmm. to the left. Um, so lots of great options. Again, always a quick, great quick service, but two really wonderful dining options. Always important to keep in mind, Jared, I would like to just tell our listeners and viewers, you don't have to stay at these resorts to eat at these resorts. But mm -hmm. I will say one thing that is super important to know, and this is across the board at every resort, you do have to stay at a resort in order to use their pool area. Yes, that is absolutely good to know. Um, you know, and frankly, I love the Wilderness Lodge pool area, you know, waterfalls, views of the resort behind you, views of the lake in front of you. It's a great resort and very, very little bad things to say about it. And um, I always like get these sort of like warm feelings whenever I walk in there. So continuing yeah, on, let's Good discuss one. the original uh, Walt Disney World Resort. Well, one of them, and that's a Disney's Contemporary Resort, which is located directly next door to the Magic Kingdom. When we're talking about transportation, how about walking? You can literally walk to the Magic Kingdom, can't get much closer than you are at the Contemporary. So that's really special. Um, you can book theme park view um, you know, at that resort, which is unique, and see the fireworks from your balcony, pretty spectacular. Uh, the Disney's Contemporary Resort, of course, has changed over the years. It's been here over 50 years now, but a uh, few things that people adore about this resort, things like California Grill, which is up there at the rooftop, and it allows you to go see Happily Ever After from that rooftop. Absolutely spectacular. One of the best dining experiences on property. You know, lots of beloved, you know, views of the lake, Bay Lake in Seven Seas Lagoon. Of course, it's a monorail resort as well. And there are three monorail resorts in total. So we're going to talk about all of them. But, you know, so much to love about this classic Walt Disney World resort. And if you want to spend the extra money to not only be as close as you can to Magic Kingdom, but have a little bit of history uh, alongside it and absolutely get some deluxe amenities. I mean, hard to beat Disney's contemporary. Um, I am a huge fan. Started going there in the early 70s. Um, it has changed a lot. The, the rooms have been rethemed to the Incredibles, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of neat. And I know here's the thing that's interesting, um, not to go too much into this. If you're not the most, if you're not the biggest Incredibles fan, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want that in my face. It's very subtle. Mm -hmm. I think the theming of the Incredibles is very, very subtle, but it's there and it's really fun. Um, there's also the Garden Wing, which just so everyone knows the rooms are the same size and they are themed exactly the same. They're just not in the tower. So they are a little less expensive. And that's a nice option if you really don't want to spend the money staying in the tower, that you can have the same amenities, same room type, all that. Um, we have to say also there's Chef Mickey's. Yes. Which, of course, is a beloved character meal uh, with all the, you know, the classic Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy, um, like you can't get any better than that. It's a buffet breakfast. It's a buffet dinner. Um, absolutely amazing. And I have to say without really just ending it here, um, the transportation is bar none. Obviously, like you mentioned, walk to Magic Kingdom, monorail, um, over to the ticket and transportation center, which will take you over to Epcot. Um, but I will say a couple of things. You never get tired of seeing the monorail go into the, into the resort and out. I think that's really kind of really cool. And I will say, and I'm very confident in saying this, there is no better view of Magic Kingdom than a theme park view room at the Contemporary. Yeah, I, right. I do. I do agree. 
I agree. It, it is the best theme park view over any resort. And I'm just saying, even over the Grand or Polynesian, as far as a theme park view, it is spectacular. And they pipe the music in from, mm -hmm. you can hear the, the music from, you know, it, it's just amazing. So I'm yeah. a big fan of the contemporary for sure. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more about that last point, especially. Um, also, Steakhouse Seventy One is really fantastic. People really love it. I've gotten to have brunch there once, just for the first time, believe it or not, a few weeks ago. I never had brunch there. It was spectacular. Uh, so, and also when I think monorail resorts, my brain usually goes to contemporary because it's not that I don't that I love the Grand Floridian, I love the Polynesian. We're going to talk about those next, but. Um, those two almost feel like the monorail like drops you off on the side where the contemporary you're going into the resort like it's it's really like you're in it and that's that's so cool to me and the amount of kids i still see when you go through the contemporary be like whoa mom look at this like that's really cool um so moving on though to the other two um you know monorail resorts we're going to talk about the Grand Floridian next, which is, of course, another classic Disney resort, but also um, really beloved uh, resort as well. So talking about the Grand Floridian, there's possibly not a more beautiful resort when it is, of, of course, not under construction. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but there is a reason why the Disney wedding venue is right there at the Grand Floridian. It's spectacular. It looks almost like a castle from the exterior. It's so so gorgeous, and um, you know when it's when it's really you know a beautiful night, and you walk in there to that lobby again when it's not under construction, and the piano's playing, and you know you're seeing all these gorgeous paintings. You can go grab a drink at the gorgeous Enchanted Rose, uh, you know, uh, bar at the Grand Floridian. There's not many resorts that I can say are can really outdo the Grand Floridian from a from just a grand not to no pun intended grand sort of feeling to it. I, I don't know if you'd agree with that, Alyssa, but it also has several great dining options. Yeah, so it's the flagship resort of Walt Disney World, and there's a reason that they call yeah. it the flagship resort. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, a lot of brides get married there. Um, you know, you see a lot of brides in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. Um, it, it's just spectacular. I love the fact that it has different buildings. Um, obviously you can have different view types. You can have gardens. You could see, uh, the lake. You can see the, the Magic Kingdom. Um, as far as the dining options, I think they have some of the best. Um, obviously I'm a huge fan of Narcoosie's, um, which is a wonderful restaurant there. Um, it's actually on the water. And they will pipe the music in just like they do a California grill for the fireworks at night. Um, Citrico's is newly reimagined based around Mary Poppins. And it's a beautiful, beautiful resort, um, restaurant, excuse me. Um, and of course, there's the Grand Florian Cafe, which is kind of ca more on the casual table service. Um, but of course, you have to also mention Victorian Alberts, which mm. is, you know, a four star Michelin, um, you know, restaurant is a it's a just a dining experience more than it is anything else. Um, very, very special occasions, anniversaries, very special birthdays, things like that. So I think this conjures up elegance and um, just a, a feel for a different era 
when people sort of just were a little bit more formal. Yeah, I agree. Definitely not the place to wear like your Pizza Planet shirt like mine. Um, Although you if, can, you can walk you, in you there, can. but you're also you going to see, you're going to see a pianist in a tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, I So I guess what I'm saying, of course, everyday guests are wearing Pizza Planet shirts, just like Jared. But I mean, if you're going to Victoria and Albert's or if you're going to Narcoosie's, if you're going to these nice restaurants, of course, you want to properly dress for the occasion. Narcoosie's is one of my favorite restaurants on property. I mean, it is on the water. You can see the castle. You can see the fireworks. You can, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more beautiful. And you just re and by the way, completely reimagined. It has a coastal decor that is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, I probably should have saved this resort for last because it really is spectacular, and and it's 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 one of those resorts that you almost have to see to understand what we're saying. Um, but but frankly, um, if you have the money to do it and you want to spend the money to do it, then it's not going to get much more grand, quote unquote, than the Grand Floridian. So moving on. But you on haven't to... touched on my favorite yet. Oh yeah, I haven't. Yeah. No. 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 Are you talking about uh, – hold on. Give me a second. Like your favorite resort or your favorite at the Grand Floridian? Favorite oh, the resort. gingerbread house. No, I talking about my favorite – oh, no, no, we're not talking uh, about holidays. Okay, about you're right. Resort. Disney's Polynesian Resort. Yes. Is that correct? Okay, see? Yes. I knew I had it. All right, so we're talking the Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, which is, again, one of the two original resorts at Walt Disney World. Disney's Polynesian uh, basically picture yourself in Hawaii and that's it. Yeah, they did an incredible job of actually bringing Hawaii to Walt Disney World. Um, outside of staying at literally Olani, which Alyssa and I have both had the pleasure of doing, um, it doesn't get much more better themed, I would say, than this resort. So since it's your favorite, walk us through a little bit why it's so incredible. Oh, I, I just I, I just get lost in this resort. <laughs> It has the, as you mentioned, the South Pacific feel. They light tiki torches at night. Um, they have a volcano pool. You know, it has Hawaiian music. Um, it is so relaxing, peaceful. You literally are transformed into Hawaiian South Pacific culture. Um, of course, that's one of the places you can get a Dole Whip at Pineapple Lanai, which is amazing. They have an amazing, really fun bar called Trader Sam's, which is almost like this little hideaway that people wait hours to get into. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to transportation, obviously, what's great about the Polynesian is you can obviously monorail around to the Magic Kingdom, um, but you can also walk over to the Ticket and Transportation Center from the Polynesian, which is also a great convenience to just hop the monorail to Epcot. So I always love that little, I wouldn't call it a hidden gem, but not everybody knows about that. And I think that that's really fun. As far as dining options, um, probably one of the most popular re restaurants lives in the Polynesian, and that's Ohana. Um, it's a Lilo and Stitch character breakfast. At night, it is just all of the family style type of Polynesian food. Um, Hands down, one of one of the hardest ones to get into because it's so popular. Um, but then you have Kona Cafe, which has just been reimagined, which is also table service. Um, and then you have Captain uh, Captain Cooks, which is a great quick service. Um, so I, you just, you know, 
I have to say real quick before we move on from Polynesian, the other thing, and I had the pleasure of staying there for two nights, are the Polynesian bungalows, which are absolutely breathtaking and amazing. So they're not inexpensive. I was actually gifted a couple of nights from somebody I was very fortunate about. But I will say if you're if you have a big family, if you have like eight people, splurge and go to the bungalows because there's a hot tub. You have the view of the Magic Kingdom. They pipe the music in. It's amazing. Yeah, bucket list kind of location. It truly is. And honestly, if you were to tell me like, okay, you got a family of four, you got to sell them on a Walt Disney World resort um, and you got three nights, like really hard for me not to pick the Polynesian. Um, if I had to just pick one resort that I have to like sell a family on, um, I just, I really think this resort has it all. I mean, from from incredible an incredible pool to great quick service, it has a nice little even coffee shop upstairs and the dining is incredible the lounges and bars are top notch i mean the boat service to the magic kingdom the monorail service to the magic kingdom as Alyssa said you can walk to the ttc i mean it couldn't be more convenient and it really checks off pretty much every single box when it comes to the rooms were when i say recently it's been a couple few years but they've been reefing to moana absolutely which is frankly amazing because i mean couldn't find a more perfect uh ip to uh you know sort of retheme after yes um so moving on to the uh to the africa savannah we're going to move over to disney's animal kingdom lodge next and talk about this truly one of the most unique resorts not just in walt disney world but in the world i mean Mm -hmm. There's not many places on planet Earth outside of literally going to Africa where you can stay in a room and walk to your balcony and see a giraffe and see a zebra and see these these animals that you can't find many places on the globe. So it's hard to explain this to people, but that's the best I can do. Um, but also elite level dining uh, between uh, Jico and Boma. Uh, two very high-end popular restaurants. Boma is a full-service buffet, and it's actually my favorite restaurant on Disney property if La Cellier didn't exist. But it's okay. It takes number two. The point is, is that this resort, from a pool perspective, from animals, from feeling like you're basically staying at the Animal Kingdom, that's why it's called the Animal Kingdom Lodge after all, um, it, it's hard to beat this resort. There's a reason why it's a deluxe resort. And if you like animals, this is me telling you to stay here if you can. <laughs> well, and also, um, you know, obviously we highly recommend getting a Savannah View room. If that's above your price point, um, there are vantage points throughout the resort that you are both indoors and outdoors to be able to see the animals on the Savannah. Um, and another opportunity to see them is at the restaurant Sanaa where it's actually a Savannah View restaurant. Um, Sanaa is known for their bread service. Um, That's kind of like what they're famous for. Um, I'm going to be honest. Sanaa is not one of my favorite restaurants. I probably Mm -hmm. am the only person on the planet. People are going to hate me right now. I did not enjoy their bread service. But I'm a picky eater. I know. The sauces were just a little bit much for me. But I will tell you, so, so popular. You can't go by me when it comes to that kind of stuff because, you know, Everyone has different Mm -hmm. tastes, but I will say the view from, you know, the restaurant is amazing because you're literally on the Savannah. Um, And what else is really great real quick about Animal Kingdom Lodge is you get a lot of 
African history by a lot of the um, the cast members that are from Africa. They talk about their history. They talk about, you know, you can really learn a lot of deep history at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, so, um, and it also, when you walk in, it has a really great fireplace smell to it because it's got like a fire pit area and it's really yummy. And by the way, they also have a great Christmas tree. They do. They really do. But we're not going to um, talk about that. We're not. We're going to save it for our Christmas episodes. Yes. All eight of them. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, Animal Kingdom Lodge, really, really gorgeous. Um, now, next up, we're going to bunch these two together. We're talking about the Yacht and Beach Club next. These are two separate resorts technically, but they do share the exact same pool and they are located directly next to each other. So it, it's literally like you're in the same resort. Um, I mean, it's just different painted buildings. There are different, um, they are differently themed subtly and they are all are different offerings from a dining perspective and lounge perspective, bars, things like that at each of them. Um, but the Yacht and Beach Club is also located right there on the opposite side of the boardwalk, um, which is the next resort we're going to talk about. And the reason that's important is from a convenience perspective, it actually rivals the Contemporary and the Grand Floridian in regards to how close it is to a theme park. It's right there next to Epcot. Amazing dining here. Alyssa, I'll, uh, I'll defer to you a little bit about that, but I will also mention the best pool on Walt Disney World property, which is Stormalong Bay. That's the name of the pool. Um, and that's at Yacht and Beach Club. This is the resort that I stayed with, stayed at the most growing up with my family. And that's because we had, there was five kids and we love that pool. Um, it's, it's sand bottom. It's, uh, you know, a full few acres. I mean, it's, it's no joke. And there's a huge water slide. So, well, and remember, we have to tell our listeners and viewers that you can't, use that pool unless you're staying at the yacht or beach club. So that's, you know, and there's people, many of our clients that will literally stay there for the pool. Oh, and 100%. there's not many other resorts that they say that it's storm along Bay is definitely a popular pool. Um, just, I agree with you. The yacht and beach club are really lumped together because they are connected, um, both outdoors mm -hmm. and indoors. Um, the beach club is obviously themed after, um, you know, a beachy type of feel, whereas the Yacht Club is more nautical, but mm -hmm. very, very similar feels. The rooms are very similar, except for their amenities in terms of their theming. Um, one of the, a very, very popular restaurant at the Beach Club is the Cape May Cafe, which has a wonderful buffet. Um, mm -hmm. Character for character buffet at breakfast, um, New England clam bake at night. Um, another favorite of my family's is the Yachtsman Steakhouse over at the Yacht Club, um, very, very, it, it rivals, I think, any steakhouse on property, including California Grill and whatnot. Um, and then I think one that is underrated is Ale and Compass. Um, they have a great breakfast and a great dinner, and I think it's a little underrated because it's sort of just, yeah, it's in the Yacht Club and not everyone goes over there, um, but it's a great, great meal as well. Um, and of course, just the convenience to walk to Epcot you can also walk to Hollywood Studios. You can take um, uh, watercraft um, over. So again, it's as convenient to Epcot and Hollywood Studios as the monorail resorts are to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it really is. It's extremely convenient. And having that Skyliner there too makes a huge difference. Just being able to, mm -hmm. again, take that over to the Riviera and Caribbean Beach stop. And then boom, you can quickly 
head on uh, the Skyliner over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. So both of these resorts are fantastic. And similarly to them, the Disney's Boardwalk Resort, also fantastic for a lot of the same reasons, right? Because Disney's Boardwalk is right in that exact specific area. It's located right across the little bay there. Um, and again, all three of these resorts have boat access too, where you can jump on a boat and the boat will take you to Disney's Hollywood Studios. So um, the Boardwalk is another wonderful resort. It's of course themed after a more like earlier 19th century, you know, New York style, uh, New Jersey style boardwalk, which is very cool. There's games on the boardwalk. There's places to grab drinks, amazing restaurants like the Flying Fish and Trattoria Al Forno, um, cool pools as well. And again, you get access to the Skyliner boat service and walking distance to Epcot. This is a little near and dear to my heart just because it's really themed after the turn of the century Atlantic City boardwalk. Mm -hmm. I grew yeah. up going to Atlantic City, um, coming that I lived outside Philadelphia. So anybody who's familiar with some of the icons of the Atlantic City area, like Lucy the Elephant, I know that might be like, mm -hmm. what's she talking about? But if you know, you know. Um, and just a lot of the, the, the boardwalk games and the performers, um, the different, you know, ice cream shops and bakeries. Um, and there are some really neat things that are coming to um, the boardwalk. Cake Bake is coming, which is going to be very exciting. I'm kind of excited about that. By the way, Jared, I nominate myself to go there and try every new um, baked good uh, just for the blog and for the agency. If you need someone to do that, I volunteer. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, pretty cool. Taking um, one for the team. Yeah, I'm taking one for the team. Uh, but there's also, I have to mention real quick, I know we're not talking about, but just to kind of talk about the Boardwalk Resort and the Beach and the Yacht Club. And being so close to the boardwalk, you can't also not mention that there's Jelly Rolls, which is a great mm -hmm. dueling piano bar. Like, again, while we're not, that's not necessarily talking about the resort itself, it's showing some of the amenities that the resort is so close to that you mm -hmm. could just walk there, you know, after having a drink. There's also Abracadabra Bar. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go there after, so the conveniences of these three resorts, not only to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, but to the boardwalk area, which I have to say the Borwick area at night might be one of the prettiest areas in Walt Disney World. Well, what's cool about it is it really extends your evening, right? I mean, you you get out of Epcot because Epcot typically closes at 9 p.m. And if you want to have a nightcap or if you want to grab another drink or even if you want a bite to eat, I mean – Going to the boardwalk and continuing to walk around there is a wonderful place. I have a lot of fond memories there because it's my wife's favorite resort and her family's favorite resort. So every time they're down here, we're at the boardwalk and we're walking around and we're doing laps and it's gorgeous. And yes, uh, and some of those... You can take a Surrey um, also. can rent a Surrey yeah. bike. And uh, by the way, that is not a joke. We rented a Surrey bike a few you know years ago and getting up... The... Jared, you know when you go up towards like the Epcot area. Yeah. It's like, you mm. got to have some, have some muscles. Cause it's, you know, but it's fun. Um, yeah. and that to me is very New Jersey boardwalk as well. Agreed. So, um, next up, I did want to mention a few more here. We only have a few left and then it's the end of the episode. Of course, uh, pretty wild move on, on Jared's part, suggesting we could talk 25 resorts in an hour. Uh, you know, it's okay. We'll get them next time. But let's talk about Disney's Riviera Resort next because, of course, this is the newest of the Disney resorts. Um, and frankly, it could be the most gorgeous 
It has a top of the line, no pun intended, restaurant with a uh, rooftop over there. Some really great pool areas, of course, within walking distance of the Skyliner. It has Riviera actually has its own Skyliner station, which is very cool. And it also is right there, walking distance Caribbean Beach. Um, so another gorgeous resort. Topolino's Terrace is lovely. Primo Piatto's, one of my favorite quick service restaurants on property. Amazing coffee shop, as we mentioned earlier. Um, lots of history in that resort because Walt actually adored the French Riviera. So a lot of history in there. And uh, yeah, I also got engaged at that resort. So it has more sentimental ties to me. Yes, but I really love it there. And I love the smell of the resort. Yeah. There's a distinct smell when you walk into the Riviera and it's, I can't describe it, right? Like I'm not going to describe <laughs> it to our listeners and viewers, but it's so beautiful. Um, I agree. Topolino's is one of our favorites. It's a, absolutely an amazing character breakfast. It has mm -hmm. Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Daisy, and they're dressed as artists and uh, I believe Daisy's a ballerina and it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I do agree with you. Prima Piata, Primo Piata is a wonderful, wonderful quick service. Um, and then also you mentioned Jared earlier, they have a cafe that has really great pastries, uh, great, um, coffee offerings. Um, it's just a really, really beautiful resort. And when you're at Topolino's at night and you're at the top, you can really see, so much of the Walt Disney World Resort from the top there. Yeah, I agree. Um, really great views of Epcot, really great views of Hollywood Studios from there, but you can see all over Walt Disney World Resort mm -hmm. um, from that rooftop. It's a it's a beautiful resort and it's a beautiful location. Um, and yes, it is priced at that deluxe category, but again, you are getting deluxe level amenities, deluxe level transportation um, it's priced at that price point for a reason. As Alyssa has always lamented, Disney will never apologize for their price points or their pricing because of the services that they offer. And and frankly, this is one of those that, in my opinion, it is above and beyond worth it. Um, so a few others we did want to briefly mention. Um, they are more deluxe villas um, when it comes to picking your Disney resort. Um, and that's Old Key West as well as Saratoga Springs. These are two very popular resorts. They are both within a boating distance of Disney Springs. Um, both have some great restaurant offerings there. I love going to Saratoga Springs. Went there a lot growing up. Um, Saratoga Springs offers uh, obviously golfing as well over there, which is really great. Um, but the proximity to Disney Springs with Saratoga specifically is walking distance. You can walk to Disney Springs from there. So another walkable Resort. Um, Old Key West features Olivia's, which is another popular restaurant. Um, and Old Key West actually uh, is very cool because a lot of characters actually like roam around that resort, which is sort of unique compared to other resorts. Um, both feature lots of pools and things like that. Very spread apart, but again, worth it in terms of the proximity to where it is and and things like that so so yeah i really enjoy both of these resorts and and i've gotten to uh to dine and stay at both of them so i would just say just to sort of sum it all up because i know our time is getting away from us mm -hmm. um i would just say when it comes to any of the villa resorts um that would include Oki west saratoga springs animal kingdom lodge Yacht Club, Boardwalk, Riviera, Bay Lake Tower, Grand Floridian, Wilderness Lodge, 
I think those were the nine that I wanted I think, to mention. I think you got them all, yeah. I think I got them all. Um, what's great about these options is they offer deluxe studios, one, two, and three bedroom villas. So what's nice mm -hmm. about that is it gives you options to have a full kitchen, a washer and dryer, separate bathrooms, separate bedrooms. Um, multi-generational families can stay together. There's even a tree, um, a three-bedroom treehouse villa over at Saratoga Springs, um, which is quite large. Um, so what I like about that is if you have, you know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, sister, brother, kids, and you don't want to have, you know, three rooms at a regular resort, you know, resort, you could all stay together in a two or three-bedroom villa and, um, and have the, you know, and again, what's great is if you're looking... You might spend a little bit more on the villa, but you're saving money because you can cook if you want. You can get groceries delivered. You can actually not pack as much because you can do laundry. And the best part is when you say the villa is you can do your laundry the night before you leave and go home with clean clothes. Yeah, absolutely. We have utilized all of those offerings, my family and I, because again, I'm one of five, so I'm a part of a big family. And when you stay in these villas, you cook breakfasts or you cook even dinners and and you know that's that's really handy but also the ability to do laundry and things like that it just makes things a lot easier staying in these villas when you have a bigger group a bigger family um because yes you could all sort of stay in you know smaller rooms and be separated but if you want everybody to be together which let's be honest most people do on those bigger disney vacations you know it's great to sort of get those villas and and get everybody together so that is all of them. We went through all of the Walt Disney World resorts um, from value to deluxe and also moderate in the middle there, as well as some of the deluxe villas. We talked so much today. We talked about all of these resorts. And yes, we didn't go into extreme detail. I'm sure we will in future future episodes. But regardless, if you did enjoy this episode, we appreciate you for tuning in. And we do hope you tune into future episodes as well. If you want to see more of Mickey Blog's content, head over to MickeyBlog.com. You can also follow Mickey Blog on social media. The Mickey Blog podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels, so definitely go check them out if you ever need help planning your Disney vacation. And head to Mickey Blog and subscribe if you want more podcasts because the Mickey Blog podcast drops new podcasts every single Friday. So tune in every single Friday for more. As we get closer to the holiday season, we got a lot of exciting content coming out your way. So Jared, be tuned are we going to talk about the holidays on any of these podcasts? I know, anymore? I know. I really, I'm, I'm just, I'm on the fence Should about it. Should we sort of just like let them know, like starting <laughs> all of November and December, just yeah. get ready because we're just, it's going to be holiday overload in the best way possible. Yeah. Like stay tuned. It's going to be a lot. All good. Uh, but regardless, we appreciate all of your guys' support as always, and we can't wait to tune in or have you tune in next week on another edition of the Mickey Bod Podcast. We hope this episode helped you. We hope you have a magical rest of your day. See you later.